Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Al Gore, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm not. Why are you not feeling good? <laughs> I literally just had a meeting with you. This is just... Well, we had a good... We had That was a cool interview, yeah. Uh, that was a cool interview. No, I'm just... It's up and down, man. It's up and down. What got you down in the last this five last minutes? This last bill. This last bill oh. we got to pay. That I I swear to God we paid it. I swear to God we paid it. Paid it. And I, I know... I know what people... Like, I keep complaining, but... Good lord! <laughs> but but did you double check? Because you might have. I double checked. We did not. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. So that was my fault. Fair enough. Um, it's the last engineering bill, basically, for the the development project. There's one more. There's one more we got to pay. But but this one, that one is a different one in a different way. So anyway, you know, it's just like the amount of the amount of money we're spending at the end of this is is insane. Uh, we still, you know, we're like ten days away. It's so it's September seventh. This is when we're recording this. We are scheduled to we are scheduled to break down on September seventeenth. Everything's happening at once at the same time. Nothing is happening at once. It's just a weird place to be. I'm up. I'm down. One day we think financing is not going to happen. The next day we think, oh my god, it's going to happen in the way we want it to happen. All kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. So let's talk about one thing that got brought up that I don't think we'll have to do, but is this idea of guarantors? Yeah. Explain to everybody. Uh, how that came about and what that even means. It basically banks, there's regulations, and but then banks have different policies too. So you, when you're getting a big loan for construction, uh, you have to have so much percent down and that will vary. Um, and that will vary about how you do the numbers too because I was talking to one guy who says they finance like basically 100% rather than having 25% down. Um, but 25%, you know, is normally typical maybe 30 sometimes 15 in that range yep then there's sometimes a regulation that on top of that you need to have someone a guarantor that has liquid cash of 15 percent so that's on top of the 25 percent so like not only like if you had that 25 percent of cash then you have to have 15 percent just sitting there and normally that means you're bringing in an investor so i talked to one of uh, some of our developer friends just to ask, Hey, how does this work? And at first he, I, I let him kind of explain how it worked in his situation. And our situation was different because his situation is normally you have someone who is pitching in money. They're a partner. So let's say 50, a hundred grand. And then they are also the guarantor. He's like, how you need to think about it is what is their return on the money that they gave the 50,000, the hundred thousand. Right. And he goes, he goes, I've been telling them you get a 50% return. So let's say he gets 50,000. He's a guarantor. He gets 75K back. And it's very easy to think about because you could compare to that. Okay, in this year, what could I do with that 50,000? I could put it in the stock market. And on average, it might be 8%. I might get lucky and get more than that. But I also might go down. So, and these people that have these money are normally diverse. And if they know you, and basically that's what's, what the conversation that I had is that all these people that have these guarantors have had relationships with people for a long time. 
And that's who's doing it. That's who they're being partners with. So that's why we're calling some of these people that we've known for a long time. So he said it's a percentage on for him about how much they actually put in. And then they're also the guarantor. They have this cash, right? And either it needs to be in like banks that are hard to work with. They'll have you put it in like an escrow account. Other banks just want like proof like that's on a statement. But then I go, well, one bank is we don't need any more money. You know, one bank we would. one bank hasn't even brought up the G word, right? Guarantor. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And the other one is when I read their email, oh, you'll need more money and a guarantor. Yep. But the other one, the other uh, one looks scary in the emails. The other yeah. one is super friendly. It's so interesting to see like how all these different ones operate. What yeah. they're asking for. So a typical money plus guarantor equals percentage on that money. Uh, and, well, percentage, yeah, something like that. Um, but if it's the other bank, and let's say we don't need any of it, we're fine, we're rock and rolling, and in 10 days, smooth as cake, everything's awesome. Um, but if it's the other bank, and they say, you just need a guarantor, but not money. So then he goes, that's tricky. That's maybe more enticing because, you know, what if instead of, uh, you know, the other way to think about it, here's the alternate way to think about it, is percentage of profit. Right. So if you gave, again, same numbers, $50,000, $100,000, and uh, you were the money and the guarantor, you'd get, I think, like 12 to 15%. On of, your money. Of per, the profit. Yeah. Oh, of the profit. Of the profit. But then, like, okay, if you're just a guarantor, does that just go down to seven? Because you're just using their, their stuff. There's also other ways to go about it, and it's more through, like, the buddy network. Um and it's more like handshake deals and stuff like that, but like you can't really give out that advice because it, it's literally like you have to be in the industry working with you know a, a friend who has your back that you know you're doing favors for, they're doing favors for. Um, I think but our, that's totally different. I think our big lesson, our big lesson learned, and maybe to everybody else's word of advice is obviously you want repeat clients, right? Um, but I think this is where, if you're going to take this development leap, holy cow, does it does it mean is it meaningful for you to be in in such good graces with your developer clients, who are then hopefully also sort of your friends too? So at the end of the day, and, and build these long term relationships where like you do, you over deliver, do a good job for them, and then at the end of the day, maybe you end up working with them in this kind of capacity. We haven't had any like everybody we've gotten in touch with so far has been ultra receptive. Um, to possibly helping us out if we need it. If worst case scenario comes, you know, literally like a week from now, we will know if we're going to have to do this or not, or if we're just smooth sailing ahead. I mean, as far as being able to at least break ground, <laughs> construction is just begun. Sailing. Lance, you just got to put up the sticks, stick them together with nails. Uh, What's the just, problem? It's just get it done, it, right? Just dig a hole, concrete. dig a hole, play Some, eight, a little bit of HVAC, a little, little bit, bit of electrical, a little, little bit of drywall, a little bit, a little yep. bit of waterproofing, flashing, installing windows, <laughs> you know, finishing concrete, finishing grades, putting in the plants, inspections. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. Just do it, Lance. Just build it in eight months, Lance. Sell it. Be done. Yeah. yeah. Stop uh, complaining. <laughs> I write, quit complaining, Lance. You're not entertaining anyone at all. Oh, yeah. You should be happy about all this stuff. Um, so I, 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 so that's, that's that, uh, as far as where we're at with a little bit of development, uh, checking in and Al educating us about guarantors and we'll keep you updated with that. I have, I have something that I was forgot I was going to talk about today. What? And that is, so I checked in with the city yesterday. Oh, um, snap. To see where our building permit was because 
we are we are that close to it. Um, we we got uh, we, we gave our comments uh, our last submitted our last round of comments. I think three four weeks ago or something like that. Back to the planning department, our back to the building department. They were very minimal. We addressed all of them. We, we don't expect any more questions or anything like that. Um, they even put in our and then here's here's where it comes. so I checked in with them yesterday. And I said, hey, where are we at with this? Uh, you know, I've got subs lined. Did you go up. back in their office or were you at the front desk? At the front desk. Okay. Yeah, but they pulled people from the back. And here, so so they pull up on our screen. And they say, oh, "What? What? You know, what's your address?" Okay, eight twenty-five Christmas. So we, so we get, tell them the address, and they say, "Oh yeah, yeah, the 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 the, the building inspector um, who's reviewing your drawings, he he's putting in your square footages right now." And I go, "Oh, okay, interesting." And I go, "Are these the ones that go to the county assessor?" And here's what here this is like a very valuable information piece of information write this down if you're listening if you're thinking about going on this track because this this is everything and the only way we figured this out was in talking through first of all my wife and i building our house and understanding how that process goes about how your how the valuation works when it comes down to your mortgage in the end right and her working through with a, a couple other clients just with single family deals so what happens is and this is critical is so so your realtor is going to base your sales price on something known as a comp right and some people already know what this is so but the comp is hey it's a comparable uh product that is selling in the neighborhood so like we're or, or in the city that you're operating in so we're doing townhomes so the comp for us is townhomes right so she determines like a square footage price sales point right so like three hundred dollars a square foot let's just say it's that what's critical is is then that every single square foot of finished and conditioned space in your project is then counted correctly and then sent from the building department, who that's who's doing this, over to the county's assessor's office. And I and the numbers that we have in our pro forma are based off of a critical point. And this is like so our townhomes are three stories, right? So the first story is a garage and 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 on the, on some of the units it's a garage and then like within the garage is a conditioned space which is for the stairs that stairwell is worth a lot of money like it needs to be counted towards the sales price it needs to be counted towards what is finished in square footage like how how the county assessor looks at it yep because here's the example if your comps average they are about $200 a square foot if you just have 10 foot plus or minus that's $2000 so, like, think about that in, in sale price comps that people recognize. So, if you have 10, 20, 30, 40 foot, you can see how, hey, I would love an extra $6,000 on my, on my comps. Um, so, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference, especially when you start multiplying that because if you're doing a multifamily project, right? So, I, I walked in. So, I, you know, we're, they're, at, they're rattling off. I said, okay, t- tell me what they counted square footage-wise on the East Building, which is the sixplex. Boom, they got the numbers just just right. I was like, oh, perfect. Okay, you guys got that right. But I always knew going into this, and I, Alex and I had multiple conversations so and with my wife about, gosh, I wonder if they're going to catch how to calculate these correctly on the West Building, which this is where on the first floor, it's just a garage, just a stair. So it's a different, it's not as cut and dry, like how you would, how you would differentiate the two. Sure enough, 
they miss the stairwell completely, which is basically one hundred and seven thousand dollars or one hundred and seven square feet. You multiply that times three to four hundred dollars a square foot, you can see like, oh, that is actually a fairly large chunk of change. That means that's all that that means everything in the scheme of like profitability and stuff like that, and the way it looks draws out in your pro forma. So I uh, I, I bored them to death, Al, uh, with Good. a quick. I said, I go. Do you guys understand? Just just curious. Do you guys understand why? Why it's so important that we get these numbers right? Because they they said, why do you want to do this? Yeah, you, you your know, tap it, fees are going to increase. Yep, exactly. That, yep. Why why would you want to increase your tap fees? And I go, it's not about the tap fees. It's about it's about when I go to sell these, and somebody puts an offer on these. As soon as soon as they put an offer on it, and let's say they're it's the offer, it's an like a it's it's an offer that is what we want to sell them for, or maybe above, hopefully. They're gonna the 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 appraiser is going to go right back to the assessor and say and verify that the square footage matches matches what we're saying we're selling them for as far as the comps go. I explained that to them. It was like took me like a minute to explain it to them or something like that. You could tell like they started drooling, which is great because then they go, okay, all right, all right, we we get it, whatever, yeah. Can, so it, can we change this? Can we change this? Can I, and I go, can we just change this right now? And and I showed him the plans on my phone. It was it was actually awesome because I got him to change it right then and there. Their it, big hesitation was though the tap fees. They're like, oh, it's going to be more. I'm like, yeah, I need these numbers to be where they're at. Here's the question: Was their reaction? Was their reaction like, uh, we don't care, you're boring us? Yes. Not, but it wasn't like, oh, that's interesting. Nope. It was completely yeah. It was completely <laughs> like, like they're please just stop completely annoying us. Bored, completely annoyed. But so you have to make sure. I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, you got to yeah. make sure when you go to do this, even if it's with your house, um, when you go to do that, right? You like, let's say you're building a really cool house. You got to, you got to get financed at the end of the day. Cause if you, if he comes in and like the appraisal doesn't match what's at the assessors, then all of a sudden you have to come up with cash at the end, at the end of the deal. And you might not have that cash and be able to close the deal. So you got to make sure that all of the numbers translate into the county's assessors. This is exactly where it happens is the building department does it. And some people might already be aware of this. A lot of people are not aware of this. Yep. And as a fail safe, you can go to the assessor's office later and prove, you know, via the plans or whatever. But it just seems like you might as well catch it, especially since you're at that junction right there. Yeah. So I earned my money yesterday. There you go. First day ever. First day ever. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, so let's jump ahead because we've already established that building this project is going to be a breeze, right? It's the easiest thing ever. Easiest thing ever. So I have an idea um, for you about the next project, right? Okay. And, and we're uh, another guy just interviewed us and I have actually been thinking about this idea for a while, but the concept that, that came up was incremental improvements versus leaps in improvements, right? So our incremental improvement is that, oh, we've been designing townhomes and condos for a while. Incrementally, that's the first thing that we're going to build, right? But the leap in improvement is that, oh, we are going to be a developer now and a contractor, right? Even though, you know, we've kind of, the developer is a leap, right? So we could grow that, right? And just do literally almost like a copy and then maybe just bigger, right? That's one way. Very possible. Should probably do that, right? But what's what's a leap that we can do, and what's an opportunity that we can do, and what's an opportunity that we can do that no one else can do? So that's what we did with this one. With this particular lot, it was so small, 
And to do everything, to make all the financials work, we had to basically be everything. So cities, there's land that's locked, right? That you can't do anything with because not all the right pieces are there. It might be a zoning issue. It might be it's so small it won't fit, right? There's plenty of things. What I believe that we can do is that think about what what a city planner and what the city council wants, right? They want walkable neighborhoods. They want, you know, some affordable housing. Yep. Affordable housing density. They would love if you could walk to your grocery store, to the movie theater, to the restaurant, to a play area, to a bar, you know, like if you could do all that, be right next to transit. If you could do it dense enough that you weren't shading other people's structures, like it would almost seem like a dream scenario. Wouldn't, wouldn't you believe, right? Yep. And do you believe that we could paint, we could paint that picture and we know through Longmont that we've been able to convince them of things that weren't technically allowed. True. So one of the issues is, Lance, here's an idea for a leap. Okay. Look at this lot right here. I'm showing it to you. Over here. Over here. Yep. Do you know where this is? I do. do you, okay. And then even there's that uh, the weightlifting place. What's it? Gold's Gym yep. right there. Mm-hmm. So right there, the in this area, the only thing that's probably zoned there to be used commercial is another commercial right yep, another but, big box building and sure retail so alex is showing me a map of a uh of a, a mall, mall area in, in our in area in our, in our town yep and it's there's an empty lot it's sitting vacant for a while and it might sit vacant for the next 20 years and the reason why is because retail is hard to build now because amazon is here yep right so there's an opportunity there's a logical you know there's we could paint a picture about what's going to be there and i literally mean lance a, you know, a garage structure and then a 12, 14 level structure, right? Something that we couldn't build ourselves. We're not going to shade anyone. It's next to, you know, roads. You can go down to Boulder in a second. We don't have the money to do it, right? But it could be we could talk to the Fort Collins people, someone who do these financial deals and say, okay, our skin in the game is is twofold. We'll get, we'll meet with city council. We'll meet with the planners. We'll meet with a concept and get this concept so that we know that, hey, if we start paying out money, it's, it's pretty much going to be approved. No one else in our city can pull all those hats together to get that to work. Because they'll just see that and be like, oh, yeah, that's retail. That's not me. Or that, you know, like, oh, I'd have to do all this rigmarole to get it through. It won't be worth it. So that is, that is a leap, but in a niche that we can do, meaning that's a unique site. That's a unique site that if we talk to the seller and if they're okay with it and the neighbors are okay with it, they might not sell that lot for 20, 30 years where we think we can. And all those things being close, walkable distance, all this stuff, solve everything that you are saying that you want, but your codes don't allow. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Is this, are you basically residential tower? Right. And know what? If it's above 75 feet, it's a skyscraper. There it's a high go. rise. It's a high rise, <laughs> not a skyscraper, a high rise. <laughs> yeah. Where do you get the skyscraper again? Isn't that it, 30 floors? No, no. Oh, I don't know that, but high rise is above 75 feet. Yeah. Airy. 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 Al Jeopardy. Yeah. But but I want your reaction to the uniqueness of what our firm could do. And it might be a dud. Like what I like. No, it. no. I, I think I'm, a, I'm 100% with you. I think, I think, I think, I don't think we're the only people that could do it. I think we're the only people that would do it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. joking. I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so this will be the next little. This is your next fun project you're going to do, huh, Sally boy? After the <laughs> okay, after the. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a leap. Uh, no, it could be cool. I'm with you. It, I, I don't know how that works for... Yeah, because may, maybe this is like a five to ten year... Longer than that. Like maybe this maybe this project supersedes this new idea that you want to pursue. It supersedes like any other future development that we would do. You know what I mean? Like it would, it would, it's sort of like leapfrogging. So there's still another development project we would do on our own in between then, right? Because oh. this is a long-term... This is sort of like you're planting a seed... You got to keep water in the seed. We're keep we're talking with these people. We keep reminding the city council. We keep reminding the planning and zoning board. Hey, guys, if we ever want this built, it's going to have to be a different. It's going to have to be a different uh, kind of project. It's going and, to have to be a yep. different vision, right? Yep, and it could be the the way because it could be long. So it could take three years to get through the building department where we could do this one, right? Where we're more hands on, the the one that's closer to us. But Lance, it could be. Hey, all that upfront work that we're putting in just just to do the concept and getting everything approved, we're we're doing that at our risk, at our dime. Meaning our reward is, okay, if it does get through, we get the architecture fees and we get 1 or 2 or 3 whatever percent of the profit because we did we pulled everyone to get together to to make it work. So literally, we'd just be an architectural stake plus percentage of profit stake. Then it's then both are doable. Then it's just another architecture project where we get a upside because we did this risk work in the beginning. Yeah, it's interesting. What an interesting idea to try to leverage yourself as a as an architect. I mean, obviously, there's a like an architect, somebody else who's been both of us, you know, now understanding how the how the policies and the politics work within the town. It's just another niche. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, you're making it happen. Yeah, we're the vision makers, right? I mean, that's the idea. Architects are supposed to be the vision makers. But that's what everyone's skill. That's an architect that's listening. To Everybody this. could do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've already talked about another part, like what you do, the strategy, how to uh, of of, of uh, meeting with meeting with individual members of city council, planting the seeds, getting yep. things written down on record, getting you know seeing where they're at, like even writing writing stories and papers, trying to get stuff ahead like that. The Amazon project sort of precludes all this of how you get media attention yeah um, work with local reporters yeah man i like it it's interesting it, it's yeah it's in our wheelhouse it's very it's very in our wheelhouse and we need a high rise and, and we, we have need to a, do a high rise it's <laughs> the way that it's the only way we're ever going to get the skyscraper built yeah yeah and then um the other thing too is that again we're taking responsibility we're making our own work yeah make your own work yeah yeah yeah, don't yeah, don't ask for permission. Take permission. Yep. But in a in a blue ocean, not just in laying out this other stuff that other other architects could do this, but like that front work, getting everyone kind of signed off on it pre is not a risk that someone is going to take. Why would they? Right? Why would they? They don't. Yeah. I, well, they don't. But they, I mean, they don't have the tool set. I think the tool set is so. Uh, you know, I'm kind of steering myself. I'm like, maybe I'm coming back towards. Yeah, we're, we're the coolest we're, firm in a, in Longmont. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> there's other. There's other. It, we're different. Could, yeah, different. People could do it. But they wouldn't do it. We, we're the only mm-hmm. ones dumb enough that would do it. Yeah, I dumb feel enough, like, smart enough. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there might be some other people out there. Hopefully now. Yeah. That's interesting. When did you come up with this idea? Uh, when I was at Whole Foods last week buying whatever I buy at Next Whole to Foods. that lot. Next to that lot. I looked over there and I go like, hmm, if you worked in Boulder and you could actually do something super cool, but it'd be a little bit cheaper, it's a straight shot down 
and you get home and you're like, oh, I'm going to walk to Whole Foods or, oh, I'm going to go to a movie. Oh, I'm going to go to the uh, uh, Bad Daddy's, that burger place that's delicious. Oh, I have Gold's Gym. It, because literally, you know, these these high rises that you make in Denver and San Francisco and in uh, uh, New York, they all want like, oh, could we get a Whole Foods? Like, oh, could there be a gym right below? And that's a selling point. And I looked around. I was like, oh, there's four of them right here. There's this four. Is, that is exactly what they're missing is a bunch of people there. I think it would be so much more helpful for the whole for the whole. And there's so much parking already. Yeah, it's just necessary. I like it. I like it, man. I'm sold. Yep. Cool. Jump on it. Get it done now. All right. I'll just, I, I actually don't think that'll be hard. I'll have it done in a week or two. It's just, again, communicating with everyone, the real estate agent, everyone involved, everyone at the city, uh, planning out a vision, getting people to sign off boards, answering all their questions. It shouldn't be a problem. Piece of cake. It's like, do that in your sleep. Yeah. Everything's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of sleeping, let's listen to Nick Reed. <laughs> Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Architecture designs places that play host to life. And for that reason, it can contribute to building a better world. Every day, we are reminded of how reassuring it is to move around in environments that, thanks to precise calculation of proportions a careful choice of voids and solids, and an appropriate matching of colors and materials communicate a sense of harmony. This makes it possible for us to get the most out of life. A writing from the Hand of the Architect by Piero Portalupi. A question. College... Or pro this weekend? I don't think this question really applies to Lance. Toodles! So, do you think, as a society, we have, in America particularly, Europe's Europe, um, we've moved past, we've we've actually like graduated to appreciate design again? Mm. Like, do you, I feel like, uh, I feel like when we were in college, so early 2000s, coming right out of the 90s, right? Where in the 90s, late 80s, especially the 90s, like you just, suburbia, you know, this huge suburban sprawl and there was all this backlash and nobody likes garage garages facing the street. All these all these kinds of things. Even though like in school, it was kind of proven that like, yeah, like the old neighborhoods, the, the neighborhoods that you think are cute, cute now, they were spec houses, right? Oh, everyone and, hated and them back in the day. Everybody hated them, but now they've had like, Two, three, four decades to age and trees, get, grow up. trees grow up, get recited. Everybody does their landscape. Everybody's different. Like the personality is able to permeate through the neighborhoods and everything like that. And why I'm asking, like, if you think as a society we've moved past that is because, I mean, I guess we don't hear it in school too often, even though we teach there. But the other thing is, like, when we presented our project to Planning and Zoning Commission, when we presented our project to the city council, the reception was like, this is good design. You know, like even yes. they were recognizing this was good design. So I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and then on the other point that he's going into, I bet you a lot of architects have been into, been in great buildings. Even like I'm thinking the Preble library, 
which is a great building. I'm thinking about New York. Um, you know, all these famous buildings, but also just really nice, good buildings. What I would say, though, to caution that is that I do think architects almost take that too seriously into too much heart. If if they're like, if I can't do a great building that balances harmony, proportion, the best materials, all that, I'm not do- doing my job, and you know, I'm not going to do it. And and you know, you're all plebes and uh, what did Corbusier peasants, peasants, you know, that don't like that, right? I have been in an equally good building that has cost a fraction of that. And that equally good building was one of my apartments in college. And it was an old double T warehouse that they converted. And I mean, concrete double T, nothing special, probably about $18 a square foot to make the warehouse space and then convert it into apartments was probably $20 a square foot. And what was it? Why was that? Literally, I'm being very honest just as good of building as the other buildings, the great ones that cost $200, $400 a square foot. And it's because there's always bones to good designs. And one is good natural light. I had a corner room that had two huge windows. Second to natural light is the shading that came in. My main window faced the west. It had vertical louvers because the double T's were facing outwards. So it was bouncing light in absolutely beautifully. The second, the third reason is that it had 14 foot tall ceilings because it was an old warehouse. So I have great space, great light, decent materials because concrete is just fine and bouncing in. So if you can't do a harmony of perfect, exceptional materials and, you know, all this other stuff, did you get the bones right? Did you get the natural light right? Did you get, you know, the, the feeling of the space right and all that? And it doesn't always... If you are designing buildings that have those, but they don't cost $400 a square foot, you're still doing your job. Good job. Okay, but why do you think people actually value design now? Like, I get the sense that people actually do value design. I have an answer already for you. I mean, sort of a rhetorical question. Is like, do you, so as much as we complain about HGTV and all of these TLC networks mm. and stuff, has, has it had Pinterest? Pinterest. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. House. House is a huge one for people just browsing yes. around. Do people do, and then the ability for people to actually start designing stuff on their own. So like there's so many clients that we have that come in now and they're like, they, they have, they already have worked in like chief architect and something like that, or they've worked in SketchUp um, and they have designs kind of ready to go. It just seems like people, I think all of those reasons are why it's actually more valued now. And I'm not, uh, this is my opinion. I mean, it sounds like you're agreeing too, but I don't know. How do we not? And then, so then the next question becomes like, how do you not, how do you ensure that we don't lose that again and take it for granted? Or, you know, so that we don't slide back into where we were really crapping on, you know, suburban developments and stuff like that. I mean, even like, even all these new public projects that come out, you know, they all, they're all, they're all good. They're all good. Like Oz Architecture is a great example of that in in the Denver Mm -hmm. metro area, right? They do a ton of public work and, all of their buildings are designed well. You know, like even like a, they, they read it in, in our, the city we live in um, and work in. They read it in like the DMV office, that whole area, like that, the county building. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Like the interior. Heck, they even did the where the building planning and zoning is. You know, they yeah. did that. Like it's, they did really cool, funky stuff in there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. I also think like uh, product design has gotten better. You know, Apple, you know, all these other things, Tesla cars, you know, everything people, 
people now acknowledge it and maybe it'll never go back because we have these comparisons that we can do. But then also I, I know I've seen houses in Minnesota go up literally right now, as we speak, that they're posting pictures of that you really couldn't build in Colorado just because the taste wouldn't allow you. Not that it's a different style, but just, Oh, it's just a, a, a stupid window and a, on a huge facade and just the most terrible roof. Uh-huh. And it just got me thinking is, okay, it might be a little bit of the culture out there, but the culture might be informed by the environment. And the environment is cold. seven months. You're basically, you know, Super inside cold. most of the time, yep. meaning over 50%. Yep. So what Matt, like the interiors are fine. Oh, so the interiors look great, but the exteriors look great. Well, not great. Why is that? Because they're inside all the time. <laughs> so they don't put effort in. and you north dakota is the same or worse in minnesota with you know some of these suburban developments um so i don't know if you can help that you know yeah you probably can't you probably can't i mean you're probably you're fighting a whole whoops you're fighting a whole uphill battle there. Yeah. i'm not sure you could so i don't know but the, I, that's not to say there's not a lot of great houses in north dakota and minnesota too because there are um but i just saw a couple of these i'm like man i just don't think that that would ever get built here unless it was somewhere uh, Way off somewhere I don't even know about. I just never even seen a house that plain. Yeah, you know, college or pro? Oh, easily college. <laughs> I mean, this is not a question. <laughs> and and Nick is right. Yeah. It doesn't apply to me. Yeah, I'm not going to be. I, you know what? I might turn on a game tomorrow. We'll see. Clemson's we'll see. playing A and M. Yeah, that that would be decent. Um, be week week two. I don't know if there's uh, too much going on. NDSU is not uh, playing, and my wife scheduled what I thought was going to be tomorrow, our lock, lock room, escape room experience. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, perfect. And NDSU's not playing. Apparently that's tonight. Ah, so. I, I knew it was tonight. Did you? I knew it was tonight. Yeah. You told me and I remembered. Look at this. Uh, UFC and Stanford tomorrow. That's a decent one. Decent game. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. What do you think Nick's watching? College or pro? He's watching... Oh, he's... Uh, I really... <laughs> he's Florida trash. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I think he's a college guy. But he'll probably watch like UTEP versus UNLV. He doesn't watch any game where the colleges don't have at least four letters in them. Yeah. That's how he works. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cool, man. What do we got next? We have ARE Jeopardy. Here we go. First question. Everyone get ready. Put your thinking hats on. Uh, What agency regulates wetlands areas? A, local zoning ordinances. B, U.S. Army Corps of Engineer regulations. C, United States Environmental Protection Agency. D, local building ordinances. So, read again. Okay. Wetlands. A, local zoning ordinance. B, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers regulate, uh, Regulations. C, United States Environmental Protection Agency. D, Local Building Ordinances. I can't believe United States Space Force wasn't an wasn't a. Option. That's E. That's E. If you put that, you get it automatically right. You say A then D. Local Zoning Ordinances is A. Local Building Ordinances, D. I always think you and guys E, have once again, on. United States Space Force. United States Space Force. You'll get it right. <laughs> All right. What do All we right. Got? What, do we got? what do we got? B, C, C. It is B. Who, yeah. Army Corps of Engineers. There's no P. There's a P, but it's silent. 
Army Corps. Yep, Army the US so I think it's the Clean Air Act is the one that made that and then the Army Corps is the one that implements that. Um so I this question so through Longmont they're doing it and we are at a city council meeting in the US Army Corps of Engineers which was they're telling all their government logic. So there we go. Okay, question 2. When detailing uh masonry walls, what item listed below is mainly responsible for pre- preventing water from uh seeping back into the wall through capillary action. Capillary capillary action. Um yeah, capillary, uh, yeah. So I'm going to read this again, the question again. Okay? When detailing a masonry wall, what item listed below is mainly responsible for preventing water from seeping back into the wall through capillary action? I can't even say it. <laughs> okay, do you guys get what it's asking? A, drips. B, weep holes. C, DDPY. D, base flashing. This is interesting. When detailing... When detailing it's, masonry walls, what item listed below is mainly responsible for preventing water back seeping into the wall through capillary action? Okay. Yeah. So it's actually a very d- deep, deep question. A, drips. B, uh, weep holes. C, DDPY. D, base flashing. Hmm. Hmm. I don't even know because Alex didn't even mark the answer on this side of the screen. You can, okay. give, a, you can give a guess. Okay. And I think this is going to be one of the hardest. I'll be surprised. All right. Are we ready, boys? What do we got? A, D, C. Okay. So A is correct. C is not correct because that's Diamond Dallas Page Yoga. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why it's drips. So it... Drips. Yeah. Never Here, even, never reason, even yeah. heard of this. So think about it. Educate wait, wait, let us. me explain Educate it. us, Paul. Let, because they can't hear you. So I, I do. Um, so a brick wall comes down. It sits on a foundation wall. The flashing is the L between the framing wall and the brick wall, right? So that means water already got through the wall. The question asks preventing from, preventing from seeping back into the wall, which means it's on the edge. So you have your L flashing, right? That's in the corner. Then you have your drip edge, meaning water's coming down. It's hitting that drip edge. And that drip edge is meaning that it's going to come out and it's going to drip away from the wall, which means that it's not going to have that, that action seeping back into it. Does that make sense? A little bit. I could draw it out for you guys later. Yep. That makes... Okay. Yep. So it's that. It's, and, and the flashing is the one behind, which means it already went behind the wall okay so it's the water running down the brick yep dripping off staying away so it can't got it go back all right the more you know all right where are we at what's the so, score so it, is it two to two to nothing yeah. two zero huh yeah look at this all right here's catch-up time boys ready lance's questions the best questions yep huge questions number three what is the interior trough Formed by the intersection of two sloping roof surfaces known as A, peak, B, valley, C, roof trough, D, drainage hip. What is the interior trough formed by the intersection of two sloping roof surfaces known as A, peak, 
B, valley. C, roof trough. D, drainage hip. In classic ARE form, this question. That was pretty straightforward. There was no comedy in there. Yep. Disappointed. Disappointed. What do we got? What do we got, gents? We ready? Okay, now we're ready. Go ahead. We have A, C, and C. The correct answer is B, valley. Yeah. (laughs) Three to nothing? No, no, no. That was my answer. Oh. So it's two to nothing. Only one question left. Mark Pedler wins. Unless double bonus round, last question is worth three points. I'm just kidding. I would not do that to him. I would not. So we'll save save the next two for next class period. I mean, not class period. Podcast? Holy heck. Let's save the next one. We got to write these up. These take. What? Let's save it. Yeah, we got to save this. All right. Congratulations, Mark Pedler. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, If you enjoy us, you're going to enjoy our book. It's called The Creativity Code. Get it on Amazon. It's Your mind will expand, maybe explode, so only read a chapter a night, maybe two chapters. Um, get that. Uh, second thing, Revit. If you want to learn Revit, Revit Rocket Ship. It's taken off. Uh, it's absolutely. taken off. It's taken off. Nick, Nick Renard, um, uh, Nicholas uh, from Nick Reads. Got on the rocket ship today. He's, he's got his firm on the rocket ship, and today. he's in Florida, so he's definitely going to space. He's absolutely so, so close to Cape Canaveral. I don't really know that, but if he were either way, close enough, closer, closer than we us, are. exactly. Yeah. So that's it for me. Uh, if you like this, epi- if you like this podcast, if you love this podcast, please, please, please leave us a five star review over at the iTunes. Uh, check us out uh, on Facebook, like the page, and if you have a favorite episode. Please share it with a friend, share it with your mom, share it with your family, share it with a fellow college student if you are a college listener. Uh, Thanks a lot.